0: Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Car Vibes podcast, it's been a good few months since I last posted a podcast, um, apologies for that, I think it's been a, a combination of work, uh, new job, new kind of ventures in my personal life, a uh, combination of looking after family. And yeah life just generally catching up and not having enough time to sit down and just talk about alpinas and bmws and car stuff uh, definitely have done so on the kind of forums and various online uh, communities you know just some little posts and things on the uh, alpina register Uh, that's the alpinaregister.com my preferable Uh, source of kind of social media uh, forums I would say I think the uh, the members on there specifically are quite um, you know very chilled out uh, not too harassing we have a little bit of a banter Uh, there's some reoccurring jokes that go on but Based off my previous podcast around Alpino elitism, I think it's the one place which I certainly go to uh, where I don't see much of that. I don't see much of that kind of elitist snobbery that goes on. Um, and I'm not going to kind of finger point and I'm not going to name and shame, maybe not on this podcast anyway, uh, but based off my previous discussions, I think uh, you'll know by now that I was, yeah, just pointing out the fact that people get a little bit too hung up about uh, their, their kind of uh, car or their kind of branding that they associate themselves with, so the Opina brand, and, and get a little bit snooty about it. Anyway, for this podcast, um, I wanted to talk about a topic which I haven't really, you know, I've advertised it, but I haven't really got into depth about and it's really something which is super geeky and super super kind of nerdy in terms of car ownership and the car guys out there would totally understand this but if you're a non-car person you really kind of think what the hell is this guy talking about what the hell does he mean and he needs to get a life <laughs> I say that in the, 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 the most seriousness that, yeah, sometimes I wonder the interest that we fall into and the things that we really get kind of turned on about and really, really get excited about. So, essentially, um, sort of preamble over, so let's get down to it. Um, the, the fact that a few months ago I invested quite a significant amount in having a full overhaul of my uh, Alpina B3S uh, BMWs uh, suspension completely overhauled and I spent well I won't get into the costs but it's the thousands rather than a few hundred quid and using kind of genuine Alpina shocks genuine Alpina springs and then going to uh, BMW themselves and saying, hey, I'm about to change these parts. What else do you think I need? And just to kind of give you an indication with discount, the kind of supplementary um, parts that you need to change the main shocks and the main springs uh, for a BMW Alpina B3S, which is essentially a three series E46, just the supplementary parts which include uh the kind of the the shock covers the cups the little nuts um that are involved and kind of like you know like the the shock covers the spring covers the collars all those kind of things bits and bobs you're talking about 300 quid just for some supplementary parts and I will leave it to you guys to go and research how much it costs to actually get the albina parts themselves which are the shock absorbers and the springs themselves and just to nerd out even more those parts are specifically made for not just my model of car but in the factory and it probably goes to say for all cars and all car manufacturers the spring rates are based off of how heavy your car is so if your car is a convertible or a coupe or a um, saloon the spring rate itself will be slightly different Um, and I believe it's the same for the well actually the shock part will be different across the saloon uh, estate or a cabriolet or a coupe but i think the part number itself is slightly different as well i'm not sure about the ratings themselves but the actual part number would be different um so to further kind of geek out and and do a little bit more nerdiness i was told that actually even on a cabriolet there might be slightly different rates for uh depending on what spec your car is so if it came with like a fully loaded option of kind of having all the top high-end hi-fi and the top CD changer in there then the spring rate might be different because the weight of the car is different. Anyway I, I would need to check that and you really really are getting into quite a lot of specifics there but taking a kind of step back and discussing the Overhaul that I went through. So I used uh, a company near me uh, who's a BMW specialist. Uh, I may have mentioned them on a previous podcasts called CPC Engineering, uh, run by a guy called Phil, uh, who is based out of Amersham in Buckinghamshire. And essentially, the guys in there took my parts that I'd got from Alpina. Um, and, and I can get into the kind of sourcing of parts and who I used in the UK, uh, maybe on another podcast, but it can get a little bit controversial uh, because Sintla do have the uh, outright rights to sell the parts only in the UK, but there are a couple of loopholes you can get through. Anyway. However, CPC went through the overhaul. Uh, They took away the old genuine Alpina shocks, springs, um, all the little auxiliary parts that go with suspension. And yeah, they they completely swapped it. And I must admit, when I got the car initially, I also had to have obviously the geometry reset back. Uh, to to kind of um, you know reset back because you've obviously removed all the parts you've taken away all the adjustments that were originally set for the geometry and that needed to be done as well uh, I must say a shout out to Phil and CPC Engineering specifically Boris who did the the job um, I must say when I did take it back for geometry um, out to Wheels in Motion down in Chesham. I could share again and I say the from the factory settings there was minimal adjustment needed and my bill was only like I think it was about 60 no actually it was about 90 pounds i think which is minor adjustments for it to be checked and checked against the factory settings so shout out to boris for getting the uh, the parts back to almost um you know almost factory settings without having the geo done so that's that was a big plus um so i got the car back probably uh Sort of December time, I probably ordered the parts in November, thinking back now. And when I started these podcasts, I kind of alluded to the fact that I was having this job done. And I definitely did mention it, I think, in my previous uh, podcast. So, anyway, um, took the car out, drove it for a week or so without the geo being done. I thought it rode really well. I could notice a difference straight away. There was a, a massive, a lot more feel in the, um, in the steering and the turning was a lot more heavier and a lot more sort of precise and the feedback from the front end was a lot more precise. Uh, The ride quality, I kind of didn't notice too much a difference. I did did think it had improved, but I didn't notice it too much. Um, But having driven the car around three months now with the suspension on, I can safely say now that it's had a few hundred miles put on it, um, you know, I don't. It's a weekend car. I don't drive it. It's not a daily car. And you know, as I've probably previously mentioned, it's only sitting on in its fifty-five, yeah, fifty-five thousand miles from new. And I think I also previously mentioned that why would you have a job done that on a car that's only done fifty-five thousand miles? Well, in honest fact, the car's sixteen years old. It's running original shocks and springs. And yeah, uh, why not have a look at them? So when I did take the parts out, the rebound, which is essentially where you get the shock absorber, and you push down on the spring on the um, sorry, the the actual rod that goes into, and I'm sure there's a technical term for that. Sorry for my ignorance on that one, but it should rebound. It should come back out when you push the rod in. And on my original ones, it didn't. <laughs> so they were dead um, but I can safely report that the transformation which I would call it has been really really positive I think the ride quality has now really come into its own uh, and being a convertible car you really notice those things um, you know having no roof and no, no kind of structure you, you really notice the ride quality has massively improved that's number one and the handling has definitely improved from the front end that's number two number three which i haven't mentioned the the back end the rear end has it's really you know there's a real feel in the car of where the back end is um and i must admit i'm probably being really 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 picky and i think most people would would have been happy with the suspension the original suspension for another sort of 30 40k and not said a word but from my perspective i think uh, it's been a worthy investment so and having kind of recording this podcast in March 2021 since i lost kind of you know since looking at the forums since watching kind of instagram, I've seen quite a few other people who've done the same thing and and i'm not saying that we we plan this or you know we that i kind of told them to do it or anything like that but certainly said that across the forums but not thinking that at least well the ones i know of four other e46 alpina cars have had their suspension overhauled since um since recording this and since kind of discussing it all those months ago um so yeah really really positive and really nice to see that people are going back to kind of those genuine parts whereas a lot of people would have used uh possibly you know after you know automatic after, after market if i can say that right brands such as bill steins um, and those are usually like a slightly cheaper option uh, but when you think about it the work is the same the labour is going to be the same. The auxiliary bits and bobs, the nuts and bolts and the kind of cups are going to be the same as well. So for a few, call it call it a grand more if, if you really want to, I don't know if it's a grand more or not, I'll have to really check, but it's up to a grand more at least. I think it's good to stay with the Alpina ethos and the whole reason why you use their parts and use their suspension because at the end of the day like they designed it to be that way and the experience that you get is should be uh, in my opinion anyway should be close to the brand experience and what their ethos is Um, which essentially is you know gt kind of long cruising fast fast kind of motorway cruising Really, kind of planted feel, no tram lining, none of that M feel where the, the suspension is really taut and you know, genuinely built more for track rather than for road. And that really kind of that GT feel that I think the Alpino brand stands for. Um, you know, sporty enough and made for a lot of people would say, like the UK roads, uh, where they're not too harsh, but tight enough for good you know good kind of speed and good kind of nice corners Uh, I think it's really cool anyway uh, thanks for listening to this one Um, I've been waiting a long time to record this and been thinking about it a lot to kind of share my experience with everyone Uh, so yeah um, hope to see you next time and thanks for listening bye for now